Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Let's get it on down. Let's get it on down. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's the song. You'll find out why we're talking about that or singing that song. Because you're listening slash watching the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today we're talking about the <laughs> Naya deck, which is all about populating this planet with more tokens. Um, you bought the precon. <laughs> now you want to upgrade the deck super easily because you're all about populating and it will cost you $25 or less around that budget range to take out 10 cards and put 10 cards in and be competitive with your friends. We're doing this for every single deck and now we are on the Naya deck. Populate. Yep. You can put two and two together. That's right. <laughs> That was Let's the most embarrassing opening song we've ever done. I know. Who are we singing it to, right? Because it clearly wasn't to each other, but maybe it was it to been. you in the audience. Or it could have been to the person we call out later. But first, we're going to talk about a lot of cards in this episode, and you may want to populate your deck with some of those cards as well. So you should head on over to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. That's our affiliate link. By using that link, you support the show. You can buy the pre-cons in the, uh, the set box condition. You can also just buy the cards and singles by themselves. Ongoing promotion right now with Card Kingdom while supplies last. If you are able to purchase sealed product on the website, you're going to get access to four new uh, backgrounds in Lifelinker, our app, that are going to color match all of the decks from this year's product. Oh, yeah. Let's clarify something really quick here. If you order any sealed product through Card Kingdom, you will get the code to unlock the Lifelinker background. However, the code will physically come with your order. It won't yes. be emailed. It's not any sealed product. It's the Commander 2019 because this is a C19 oh, yeah. promotion. Yes. It's the sealed product only for Commander 2019. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't include singles for no. Commander 2019, only sealed product. But the code itself, we keep getting asked this, it will come with the product in yep. the mail. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, while you're at Visiting Card Kingdom or your LGS or any place else, really, you're going to find some Ultra Pro products. In fact, they have all the themed stuff that goes along with Commander 2019. So if you want to get the geared deck and then have the geared playmat with the geared deck box and the geared sleeves, 
Ultra Pro's got you covered. Yeah. Even if you're not doing that, they've got Eclipse sleeves, they've got Relic tokens, they've got cool wall scrolls. Ultra Pro has what you need to spice up your battlefield, your game room, whatever. There's and something they, for everyone. Yeah, there really is. And they are our sponsor, and they sponsor all of our content. So by supporting them, you are supporting us. And the final way to support the show is directly at Patreon, and we call it one lucky patron every single week. You can check out the Patreon over at patreon.com slash commandzone. So this week's episode is dedicated to... Ruby Stranahan. Ruby. You rock. You rock. All right, let's just jump right into it, shall we, Josh? Yeah, sure. I still got to gather myself from that opening let's song. Let's get it on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're ever doing Marvin Gaye again. Yeah, yeah. that is impossible to sing, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Incredible yeah. song, though. Yeah. Um, so the rule, as we always put it, 10 cards out, 10 cards in, but we're going to go over the deck first. So let's talk about the Gira deck. Uh, it is oh, don't forget, it's only $25 budget. Yes, $25. Approximately, approximately right. Um, so there are four new commanders that you can play from the Geared deck. Three of them you can play out of the box with the precon itself. The first is Geared himself, Conclave Exile. He is two in Naya, or red, green, and white, for a 2-5 legendary creature, Human Shaman. And when Geared Conclave Exile enters the battlefield, create a 4-4 green rhino creature token with Trample. Whenever Geared attacks, populate. That token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. And to populate, you create a token that's a copy of a creature token you control. So not necessarily the one that Garrett comes out uh, comes in with, but it is a pretty good target. That's true. You can get a 4-4, but if you can do better than a 4-4, mm, then do that. Do that, please. Uh, the next legendary creature that comes in the pre-con is Atla Palani, Nest Tender. It's one, a red, a green, and a white for a 2-3 legendary human shaman. You pay two, tap Atla, and create a 0-1 green egg creature token with Defender. And then whenever an egg you control dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Note... You don't have to have that egg be the egg that Atla created. It can be any egg. So if you can create eggs like dragon eggs and things mm -hmm. are the most common, any other way, then those will also still trigger uh, to sort of polymorph, yeah. right? Isn't that usually what it is called? Yeah, polymorph, yeah. the top card or the next creature on that's on top of your library. Yeah, changelings also fit right into this. People are talking about the mirror entity combo they can yep. have with this by declaring X is zero. All of your creatures, boop, boop disappear and then become eggs also a really cool combo with um thornbite staff thornbite because uh, right. she is a shaman and then a sack outlet especially astronaut's altar because you sack the egg for two mana ah. and then when a creature dies atla untaps, untaps and that gave you the two mana to tap it again and so then you can just get all your creatures out of your deck that way yeah that's pretty sweet yeah uh the third creature you can play as the commander of this deck is marisi breaker of the coil one a green a red and a white Legendary creature, Cat Warrior. Cat fans rejoice. It's a 5-4 that says your opponents can't cast spells. I almost said cats during combat. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, goad each creature that player controls. And so goading is until your next turn, those creatures attack each combat, if able, and attack a player other than you, if able. So, uh... Interesting card. Obviously, getting everyone to attack everyone else is really fun because it means you still get to do damage without having the impact felt back at you. The first two, Garrett and Atla, you can see they've got similar themes, right? They're both yeah. creating tokens, playing around with tokens. They do slightly different things. Marisi's on a totally different track. Doesn't have really that much at all to do with tokens. Doesn't say tokens. Doesn't say populate. So this is, I think, clearly like a a command you're supposed to take out and build an entire deck around. Yeah, totally. That's not going to have a ton of overlap with the other two. The last legendary creature in the deck is... Each one of the precons has a commander that you can't actually run as the commander straight out because it doesn't have all the colors. And this one is Tongarth, Tongarth. first mate. 
to a red and a green. So it's missing white, is not Naya, is Gruul. Um, four mana total for a 5-5 legendary Minotaur warrior. It says Tongarth can't be blocked by more than one creature. It means if you gave it menace, it just can't be blocked. Uh, whenever an opponent attacks with one or more creatures, if Tongarth is tapped, you may have that opponent gain control of Tongarth until the end of combat. If you do, choose a player or planeswalker that opponent is attacking. Tongarth is attacking that player or planeswalker. So you kind of choose to give it to other opponents that are attacking, and then you still re maintain some control of it. You could yeah. be like, no, I want to attack that planeswalker or whatever. Well, I've actually seen that happen a lot, which is like, I'm going to attack you, but not your planeswalker. And be like, no, no, Tongarth wants to go at that planeswalker. <laughs> he's truly the first mate, though, right? And I guess he's he's helping out anyone. Yeah, as, he's like, I'll be your first mate. Oh, I'll be your first mate. And everyone's like, well, <laughs> Do you need well, a first mate? God, chill, <laughs> chill. Um, so yeah, really interesting new deck. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Naya just getting more help in general. It feels like it's one of the more underserved colors because it has that Boros combination in there. Um, and let's talk about some of the G, 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 G. Stats. 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 So in terms of ramp, this deck actually does great. Eight ramp cards uh, in green, red, and white, uh, which is pretty good. Now, there are a lot of higher casting cost cards in this deck, so I would hope to see a little more, but still pretty good. Eight <laughs> types of card draw. Heck yeah. Pretty good. Two board wipes, because um, this is in this deck, I believe you do not want to board wipe as much. You're making the huge populated creatures. You getting rid of the board is not as advantageous as someone uh, for for you as it would be for someone else. Still a little low. I would still want to hire. Yeah, or find board wipes that work with the deck. We'll talk oh. about that later. Oh, oh. And eight forms of targeted removal, which is also very That's good. That's a lot. Yeah. All these decks have had high on single target removal, which I think is a good design decision. Yeah, it also feels like it gets around that big feel bad for new players, which is like, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, that card just feels unbeatable because I never drew a yeah. way to do anything about it. That's yeah. not as likely to happen with these, which I like a lot. But I think Naya really needs the card draw, especially because you're playing such big, impactful creatures that if one gets removed and you can't replace it, you're in a bad spot. Well, and as you said, you're not the one that ha wants to board wipe, which generally means a board wipe is going to be good against you. And yeah. a good way to recover from that is to have a lot of cards in your hand when they board wipe. And this is the kind of deck that's going to want to commit to the board. So yep. card draw, definitely important. All right, stats interrelation as to who you should run as the commander. This one actually was kind of tough for me. I was thinking Gired and Atla actually have pretty good arguments for both being commanders you could run as the top. Mm -hmm. However, I think the deck is definitely geared towards Gearhead because there are 24 cards. Yeah, it's geared towards Gearhead. Oh gosh. <laughs> there are 24 cards that create tokens and 14 cards that can populate or take advantage of existing tokens and there aren't that many sack outlets. So I think Gearhead is actually still the best commander for the deck. Although you could have a plenty fun time running Atla out of the deck as well, but I think there's actually an entire deck that's that's waiting to be built around Atla and specifically egg creature tokens. It feels like for Atla you definitely want the sacrifice outlets because I when we played these decks a few times, one of the times I played this deck wasn't on game nights. This was off camera. Um, I played Atla as the commander, and that was one of the things I ran into is I would have some eggs, and I'd be like, how can I get these killed? <laughs> and they got Defender, so it's like I can't, yeah. you know, I can't make someone attack me. I mean, it's, it's tough here. to. So yeah. it's like, yeah, how do I get these to die? I mean, and you're kind of like, well, what you end up doing is like I commit to the board a lot, so somebody feels like they have to board wipe, yeah. and then I kind of recover from it. But Atla by herself can... That can be a, a, a hurdle that you have to get yeah. over. Yeah. Ella's a little slow, too. If he doesn't have haste, it needs to be able to use its ability immediately to really get full use out of it. Um, I but, can see if you build around it how it can yeah. be very powerful, but yeah. I still think it is, and we're moving on to the best cards in the deck, I still think it is one of the best cards in the deck because, again, it creates that anti-board wipe protection, mm -hmm. and you have monsters in this deck, and if you're able to flip one with Atla, then you're in great shape. 
Um, the other best cards in the deck is one of my favorites. It's Garrick Primal Hunter. They did something where they reprinted a uh, Planeswalker into each of the decks, so I think it was a great decision. Um, Garrick does a little bit of everything, so he pluses one to create a beast creature token, and he minus threes to draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. And if you ever do get to his minus six, uh, you're making a bunch of worm creatures for all your lands. But as far as what the deck wants, it does a little bit of everything. It draws cards and makes tokens. Because um, we've said this in the last uh, the last time we talked about this deck, which the is... The video. Yeah, if you have this deck and you don't draw the token part, but you only draw the populate part, you're in bad, bad shape. So Garrett can draw you towards that. He can also create tokens to, so you can populate them. So overall, yeah. incredible value. Yeah, populate does nothing if you don't already have a token on the board because it doesn't create a token unless you have a token already. Yep. So it's interesting. It's a lot like when you when you say token decks, you usually think, oh, go wide. You make a million. Make them, yeah. yeah. But in this case, nope, you got to have one to populate them. But populate wasn't hadn't really seen much love. I actually looked it up on Gatherer. There were not many cards. Trustani is really the one that yeah. most people play. And mostly in green and white. And mm-hmm. we'll see that red actually has an addition to that as well, finally. Uh, one of the other best cards in the deck is Angel of Sanctions. It's three white white for a 3-4 angel with flying. It says, when Angel of Sanctions enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-land permanent in opponent controls until Angel of Sanctions leaves the battlefield. However, it has Embalm. So for five and a white, you exile this card from your graveyard, and then you create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a white zombie angel with no mana cost. Embalm only as a sorcery. Yeah. However, you can still populate if something else allowed you as an instant speed. Mm-hmm. Once you've made the angel token, that turns on a lot of cool stuff you can do now with your other cards in your deck. Yeah. Gearid for one. You know, could attack. Oh gosh, you're just making new attack, angels. Make an angel get rid of one of their blockers, plus the angels attacking them. Yeah, yeah. and it's just uh, non-land permanent, so you can get yep. enchantments, artifacts, all that land. Uh, not sorry, not lands, all that good stuff. Um, and the nice thing about this is that, like, again, if they get board wiped with the angel of sanctions out, it did some work, but now you have a better version of it almost in your graveyard. Uh, speaking of things that go to the graveyard, we have mimic vat, which is a three mana artifact with imprint. So whenever a non-token creature dies, you may exile that card. And if you do, return each other card exile with Mimivac to its owner's graveyard. So it can only hold one card under it at one time. And you can pay three mana to tap it to create a token that's a copy of a card exile with Mimivac. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. But again, with Populate, if you're able to create a copy of that token, uh, it's not going to get exiled at the beginning of the next end step. So you get to sort of keep that token around with Mimic Vat, which is pretty sweet. Um, it's something that I, it's one of those things that I really like to do in Magic, which is like get around those, get rid of this at the next end step, because if it's not baked onto the card itself, well, then you're in great shape. I mean, that could be very powerful if you, because it can imprint any creature that died. So some huge Eldrazi can die, right? get imprinted on Mimic Vat. Now you make an instant speed copy of it that's going to go away at the end of turn, except for you go, well, attack with gear and populate that thing. Now the populate one is just going to stick around. So that's yeah. like, I got a kind of a three mana Eldrazi. Yeah. And if you do it at the end step before your turn, it kind of gains haste because it's at the next end step. So if you yes. do it on their end step, you're going to have it to untap with. Oh, it should, it gets haste anyway. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, Mimivat, very cool, and can do some cool stuff. When we played, we saw it, like, getting some crazy creatures under there. Just and makes you... Sa- you them making, like, three or four talkies of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely times where you're like, Mimivat's out. I can't play this because if it dies, they're going to make three copies of it, and that's just going to be game-winning for them. Big timing. Uh, another one of the best cards in the deck is Felden of the Third Path. One red-red for a 2-3 legendary human artificer, but you pay two and a red and tap Felden. Create a token that's a copy of target creature card in your graveyard, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Gains haste, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So it's very similar to Mimic Vat. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, except you get to not exile it, you sacrifice it. So, but that you can do it over and over. Yeah, you can do it over and over. The thing doesn't. And it's like, only your graveyard, but it's the, you're going to try and do the same thing, right? Make yeah. Once the token's out, make a populate cr uh, copy of it, and that one will stick around forever. And Felden copying any creature in graveyard is pretty nice too. So yeah. you can purposely put stuff in there and get a lot more use out of it. Uh, finally, it's Red's first instance of the word populate. Believe it or not. It's Garrett's Belligerence, X red red for a sorcery. I believe this is our boy Ilharg, right? It looks like him. It looks like Ilharg. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Garrett's Belligerence deals, or you know what? Maybe it's a rhino. It is Garrett's rhino. It's got to be. Oh, it has those green things on the side. Yeah. It's not Ilharg. It's, it's Ilharg's, not Ilharg. Uh, it's Ilharg's rhino cousin. Yeah, in the distance, Ilharg's giving it the thumbs <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> keep it up, buddy. You're busting through some stuff here. <laughs> So Gears Belligerence is X red red. It deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Whenever a creature dealt damage this way dies this turn, populate. So if you kill three things with this, you populate three times. But the cool thing about this is if you pair this up with like a board wipe and then ping a bunch of things for one, Ooh. then all of a sudden, ba -ba -bum, you actually, you do a lot of damage. Uh, because oh, all, of those, yeah, yeah. all those creatures will die because it doesn't, this card doesn't need to kill it. It just says if it dies this turn. Yeah, you could finish off stuff maybe that had a little yeah. damage marked on it. Yeah. Just the ability to populate a, you know, a couple of times is super powerful because populate is a creature and mm -hmm. a real creature. It's not a 1-1. One, one. It's not like regular token making. Even just a 4-4 four, four Rhino, if you made four of them, is pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, that's someone's life in like two turns pretty yep. much. And that's what we found when we had this deck played is that everyone was like, if that player decided to, they could probably finish me off in the turn. Yep. Um, some notable reprints in the deck. Uh, Garrick, for sure, is a card that uh, will be happy to have a reprint. Um, we also have cards like Momentous Fall, mm -hmm. which was in the Zendikar block, uh, which draws you a bunch of cards. Felden of the Third Path as well. Um, I recommend this if you're looking to build a mono-red deck and want to keep it artifact-themed, but not make it too crazy or busted. You could use Felden. And Trostani and Ash Barons. I didn't realize this card got up so much in price. Yeah, it was so a few dollars. Well, because it goes in like every three color and up deck if you want it to. Yeah. It's just very, very good. Yeah, the approximate reprint value of this deck before the decks were revealed. We always got to say that because yeah. uh, the prices fluctuate once the decks were revealed. But before the decks were revealed to everybody, we had the list and we did all the calculations. We just went on to Card Kingdom, looked up all the prices of everything, added it up. It was about $70. And that's just the reprints. Yeah. That is not the new cards in, in the in the pre-con. I actually looked up as many of the prices as I could to just get a better value of it because some places yeah. will make things up or down. And yeah, none of the new cards even had prices to them yet. So 68 bucks, a lot of the cards were over $2, which is where you're sort of looking for. And like I said in other episodes, this is meant for new players. So a great way to start your collection if you like these colors. I mean, to be fair, this one's a little on the low end. I yeah. like the, I think it was the Sultime Morph deck that was more, a that little one, bit higher. Yeah, it was up in the, the 90s, sure. which yeah. I, I wish they all were. So this is definitely, as far as reprint value, a little bit lower. Uh, we did. We haven't looked up the price of the new cards, so that could make up for it. I don't know. Yeah, but if you like the the populate mechanic, and I, I kind of want wizards to do this more in the future, which is like find the mechanic they weren't really able to fully dive into in the single set, and populate was one of those things that like had a little bit of help here and there, but it wasn't amazing. It'd be cool for them to do that more with these precons. But populate now has tons of new cards to play with. Yeah, very cool. Um, we're gonna move on to the next section, which is what 10 cards we would add, what 10 cards we would take out. Again, we're working with about a $25 budget. We know that's what you're all waiting to hear. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. 
Today's episode is also sponsored by Mack Weldon, which is a premium men's essential brand that's all about smart design and top-notch fabrics. We talk a lot about accessories on the show, but we really don't dive into another essential part of our day-to-day, and that's what we wear. Yep, I'm all about something that's really comfortable because I spend so much time sitting in front of a computer. If my clothes don't feel comfortable, then it makes my day that much harder. Mack Weldon's clothing includes underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, so it's a bit of everything. And they're all about quality and comfort. So if you actually don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will fully refund you with no questions asked. You know we're fans of quality made stuff. And if you are too, you can get 20% off your first order if you go to MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code COMMAND. That's a great deal. And honestly, the good clothing I've bought in my life has lasted me a long time. And I very much appreciate it when it's made of quality material. So... Stay comfy and get rewarded for wearing well-designed clothing. MacWeldon.com and use the promo COMMAND for 20% off. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Let's move on to the cards that we would add to this deck. 10 cards, $25 limit around there to make this deck uh, sh- truly shine, turn it, uh, I'd say, like, give it like a 0.5 to one full point value of making it better. It's and amazing what 10 cards will do. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it can up the power level by quite a bit. I mean, of the playable cards, that's like one sixth of them, right? Because yeah. you have a bunch of lands in there, too. So, uh, really exciting. This is my favorite part of doing these commander decks because that means you can just buy this precon, get these cards, and then boom, your deck is powered up and you can take it to a GP, you can play it at a public event, and honestly, it would it will perform well. One of the my favorite things about the precons this year too is they're so well covered in the stats categories that we normally talk about card draw ramp board wipe single target removal a lot of years in the past they've been low in those categories and so most of what we're telling people to do is like add quote-unquote boring cards yeah and this year we get to actually add fun cards because we're well covered under card draw and ramp and says yep All right, so the first mini category I have here is just token frenzy. So obviously you want to make more tokens and you want to make big tokens. So I found one that is actually, I think, flying under the radar in terms of the value it has. It's Tender Shoot Dryad, four and a green for a creature dryad that's a Tuzu with Ascend. So if you control 10 or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. 
At the beginning of each upkeep, you create a 1-1 green sapperling green creature uh, sapperling creature token. And sapperlings you control have plus two, plus two as long as you have the city's blessing. I think this is like a really good balance between making tokens to use and also big tokens. Because if there are a bunch of 1-1s, they're not as good in this deck. But with the city's blessing, and after one round of the table, you're going to pretty much get it. Because you're going to have it. Four, three, four tokens by the time it gets back to you. Yeah, it's the beginning of each upkeep. So that means you cast this, you pass the turn, Jimmy's upkeep, make a token, Mel's upkeep, make a token. Token. Maria's upkeep, make a token, comes back to your upkeep, make a token. If you don't have 10 permanents by that point. <laughs> you have to because you have five <laughs> lands, five mana sources, the tender shoot triad, that's six, and then four sapperlings. Yeah. And one thing about City's Blessing I think people don't understand is that once you get it, once you've got it, it doesn't matter if at that point you go down below the 10 permanents. Once you have the City's Blessing token, yeah, or the emblem card, or whatever you want to call it, you've got it. So yeah, it's like an emblem. Basically. It's remarkably easy to get cities, but cities blessing with a card like this. Yep, and then you have a bunch of three threes that are just going to keep making themselves over and over again, which seems like great fodder for the rest of the deck to use. Yeah, I like this card a lot. It's kind of a card that just flies under the radar in general. Yeah, anytime something says each upkeep, you yep. gotta pay more attention to it. And the other version of this is much more expensive this time, which is the Dragon Brood Mother. So uh, this is definitely the budget version of it that I think is still very very good. All right, the next card on your list is Omnath, Locus of Rage. It's three red, red, green, green, so seven mana for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature elemental, but it says landfall. So whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you put a 5-5 five, five red and green elemental creature token onto the battlefield. Anytime you play a land, you get a 5-5. Five, five. Hey. It's pretty good. It also says whenever Omnath or another elemental you control dies... Omnath deals three damage to tar to any target, to target creature or player. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty nice. Seven mana is a lot, but this deck has a ton of ramp spells in it. And again, this is one of the fastest ways to just make tokens without having to actually use a card in your hand. Yep. You get a 5-5 five, five every single time, and it's going to deal damage on the way out. Seems pretty good. Yeah, seems great. Um, finally, the Eldrazi Displacer. I look, there are actually seven makers of colorless mana in the deck, which I think is just enough to run one card like Eldrazi Displacer that needs colorless mana. And it's two in the white for a creature Eldrazi 3 3. Uh, it's devoid, so it quote unquote has no color. But you can pay two in the colorless mana to exile another target creature and then return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So we have a lot of creatures here that I think, uh, in general, are going to benefit from either protection from the Eldrazi Displacer, even just remaking something like Girid over and over again is going to be good. So enter the Gearid battlefield just effects. Populates every time you do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it also can actually get rid of blockers, which I think is really important. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because they come back tapped. Yeah, it's I like pretty that. Pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, yeah. So there are some board wipes in the deck, but there are better board wipes for this kind of deck. Uh, and we, we noted that it's low on board wipes. We wish there yeah. was a little bit more. So I like this category a lot, which is better board wipes. Yep. And Marsha Koo, again, kind of goes away from the big tokens thing, but you're still making tokens, and it does a board wipe effect. So XWW, you can create X11 white soldier creature tokens, but if X is five or more, you destroy all other creatures. So you get a bunch of tokens, you destroy all the other creatures, and your deck is off to the start, like starting race. Again, you're, you're able to run instead of everyone else sort of walking to catch up after a board wipe. Yeah, Marshall Koo is really good. Especially when everyone's already attacking you or knows that you're the biggest threat. Making yeah. a ton of tokens out of nowhere is another way for them to be like, crap, I need to actually block multiple things instead of just one big thing. So that might be more effective for you in the long run. Uh, the next board wipe is one of the best board wipes in Commander. It's Austere Command for white, white for sorcery. You can choose two of the following options. Destroy all artifacts. Destroy all enchantments. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost three or less. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost four or greater. This is really good because tokens generally have a CMC of zero. Mm -hmm. 
And so you can just miss your tokens by going four CMC or greater and all enchantments. Yeah. Or if you're in a really sticky situation, a bad situation, you just be like, all creatures, CMC, three or less, or four or greater. Get over, just, let's just Full get rid of all creatures. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you get in artifacts and enchantments with this, it's a catch-all for that. Um, sometimes you do want to blow up everything that's... You do want to kill your tokens because you have better token makers at four or greater, so you kill all the three or less. I you have a bunch of eggs? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So there's tons of ways to, I think, really use this uh, very flexibly in this deck. Yeah, this is uh, just a great card in general. I think, is this the most expensive card you have on your list? Uh, I think... $6? Yeah, it's getting up Somewhere there. in there. But even then, that's... Not too bad. That's like $1 per mana, right? I would say <laughs> that Austere Command is a card you're going to find a home for it. It's yeah, one right. of the better cards. It's got to be a top five white card in Commander, so it, it's worth the investment. I agree with that. Uh, finally, big friends need big help. So let's talk about some cards that help out. <laughs> the team and the squad in general, one of the effects that I think is really good in a deck like this is lifelink because you're turning everything sideways. People are going to turn their stuff sideways at you too. Bruce Tarl, Borish Hoarder, is a Boros commander, two red and white for a 3-3 human ally. Whenever Bruce Tarl, Borish Herder, attack, enters the battlefield or attacks... <laughs> I always I imagine in Tevia's voice. <laughs> oh, I, I can't do it though. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. So that's a uh, that's big timing if you're ha- swinging them with a four four double strike lifelinker, um, and it's every time he attacks or in, or he enters the battlefield. So that's a lot of value there if you pair it up with the good old Eldrazi Displacer. You yep. know you have tons of things to do here, but more importantly, you're gaining a ton of life and putting yourself further ahead of everyone else. I like that. Uh, one of the big things about token decks, and I'm glad you put this next card on the list, is they need to be able to take advantage of whatever it is that they did mm-hmm. now. Because one of the pitfalls of playing a token deck, and we've all seen it, how many, I've, I've been on both the receiving and yeah. the opposite of receiving end, and <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Giving? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> both ends of the thing where you're like, either I'm the one that played a bunch of stuff, got a million creatures out on the board and passed turn and yeah. crossed my fingers and hope I untap with it, or the person did that and I'm like, we are killing all that stuff. Yeah, please <clears> do not have a... Haste enabler. Yes, you need haste enablers because so often you have these explosive turns where you make, you know, five rhinos or something. But if they can't attack right now, there's a really good chance you're never going to attack with those five rhinos. So the next card is Fires of Yavamaya. It's one, a red and a green for an enchantment. It says, creatures you control have haste. Ah, I would play it if that's all it said. Yeah, that's the important part. It does have secondary text, which can matter sometimes. You can sacrifice the Fires of Yavamaya, and then target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. That's just gravy. Yeah, very rarely do you use that. Mostly you just want your creatures to have haste. But still, it's nice to have that option if you you really need it. A little extra trample damage uh, and also you would do it after all the creatures have attacked so it doesn't matter if they don't have haste anymore once you right. remove it um yeah i think haste enablers are incredibly important in this deck that's why i also put in samut voice of descent shout out to cassius it's three red green for a legendary creature human warrior with flash and double strike vigilance and haste and other creatures you control have haste and for a white you can tap it to untap another target creature like an atla palani for example this is a really underrated card because the fact that it has Flash is so powerful. Yeah, right. Because so so many things they can't see coming because you just don't do anything on your turn. End step before your turn, flash this out. Not only is this going to be able to attack and stuff, whatever you play on your turn now can attack and stuff. And yeah. you can then untap the stuff to now have some defense remaining. Yeah. This, I like this a lot. Yeah, Smooth's pretty cool. Um, and, of course, the people that always ask, in this case it is Naya, but... Uh, a lot of people oh. are like, can you actually play this card in a deck that has white in it? It's yes, because it has the white in the activated cost. 
to in attack fact, another creature. In fact, you have to have white in your color to. identity yeah. to play the card. Yeah. It's a Naya-only commander. Shout to Cassius. Was that the turn three Ugin? Yes, that it was. was. Oh, that boy. was in the Naya deck. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Flashbacks. Okay. Sometimes artifacts don't care what color your deck is. Uh, the next is a card that was recently reprinted in Modern Horizons, right? Yep. It's Elad Omri's Call. It's a green and a white for an instant. It says, search your library for a creature card, reveal that card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Yep. Just the, a green white instant tutor. I mean, unlike many of the tutors we use, Vampiric, Mystic, Enlightened, this goes to your hand too, which yeah. I really like. It's not card disadvantage. This is just straight card parody, straight tutor. Mm-hmm. Instant speed also makes it awesome because end step before your turn, get the perfect card in your hand. Maybe even end step before your turn, tutor for Samut and cast Samut. Oh, wow. That's a good point. Yeah, and the fact that it is instant is great. I'm just glad that there's a cheaper tutor because all the rest of them have gone up. So this is a really solid reprint um, and commander players rejoice, obviously, because we're playing lots of decks with lots of colors. And the final way to give your big friends <laughs> this some is big my, help. This is my favorite inclusion on the list. I, I mean, I'm not going to read it because you should definitely. Yes, I should But I did not s- see this one coming. Uh, and you may not in-game as well when someone casts Titanic Ultimatum on you for red, red, green, 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 and white, white. So that's uh, seven mana for a sorcery. And until end of turn, creatures you control get plus five, plus five, and gain first strike, trample, and lifelink. So that's a lot of text. Um, this is the Crater Hope Behemoth uh, budget substitution for a deck like this. Again, sometimes you just need to win the game. And the lifelink actually is, again, the cherry on top. Yeah. You get to you get to swing out and don't really care about the crackback because all of a sudden you're, you may be gaining, you know, 30, 40 life off a single attack. I mean, I think the trample is the real important part here. Yeah, for sure. Well, the plus five, plus five. Well, There's going to be a lot of... Too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of points where this will win you the game because yeah. if you have six or seven creatures, remember, your tokens are all large. Yep. So this will just give you plus 40 power with trample on the board. And it is very hard to buy <clears throat> Crater Hoof, especially on a budget, so that's why we include it. But I also just think this is just a fun card. If you get a win with Titanic Ultimatum, I think flavor points as well. Style yeah. points, all that good stuff. <laughs> Style points. All right, let's talk about now. We've added 10 cards. We found 10 cool cards that aren't too expensive that we want to put in, but that means we need to take out 10 cards from the current deck. Which is hard. These decks are built so well. Yeah, I found that when I did this too, um, that especially the last three or four, I definitely was like, oh, you could keep these cards in, but yeah. I, you have to make choices to put stuff in. So Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about... The first one. So Scare Tiller is a card that appears in all of the pre-cons, and I think it's actually just a really good, fun card, but it's four mana for a ramp spell in this deck, essentially, because you're not really putting lands into your graveyard that often. Um, so it just seemed a little clunky. You already have other ways to ramp in the deck, so I just took it out. No thanks. Do you want to read it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Four mana for... Sorry, audio listeners. <laughs> four mana for an artifact creature, Scarecrow. So Scarecrow, King, Reaper, whatever. Reaper King. Reaper yep. King, there it is. It's a 1-4, and whenever Scaretilla becomes tapped, choose one. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, or you can return land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So I can see a lot of people playing this in the future, finding ways to tap it, bring cards back, especially in mono-white, mono-red. That doesn't... Like, yeah, fetch lands in there. Scaretilla all of a sudden can bring back your fetch lands, which is pretty neat. Um, but... These, deck, these decks don't have a bunch of fetch lands, right? They got no, two. No, they have like myriad landscape. Oh, they have three. And, Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic. Yeah, but again, like it's just, I don't think it's really worth it if you can just do anything that's more impactful on turn four for a deck like this. I mean, if your deck has green, then you can always put in all of the Cultivate variants. Although some of those are in here, you can yeah. put in the rest if you really want that effect and guarantee it yep. rather than having to 
you know, hope you drew a fetch land or something to really make it work. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next card to take out is Voice of Many. Two green green, three three elf druid. When Voice of Many enters the battlefield, draw a card for each opponent who controls fewer creatures than you. It's pretty conditional to just, you know, play Harmonize. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because Harmonize is the same casting cost and draws you three cards. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. This does leave a 3-3 that you could ostensibly, like, blink or something. and But you only have one Eldrazi Displacer if we follow your thing to yeah. do anything with it. That's true. So it's hard to take advantage of it more than once. I would just much rather play something like Harmonize that's just like, I know this is going to happen every game. Because sometimes you're going to play this and get one card or no, no cards or off no it. Or no cards. Yeah. yeah, that's a possibility. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, and you never want a card like that stuck in your hand. This is better in decks that can blink it or recur it or have it enter the battlefield multiple times. Um, and there's... Uh, I would also get rid of Tongarth first, mate, the legendary creature we read at the beginning. It just doesn't seem it is a four mana five five and it's got a big body to it, but I just don't think it really fits into really what you want to be doing here either. It seems very specific as to you would want to build an entire deck with like assault suits and stuff around it, right? Yeah. Otherwise there's a good chance that it just doesn't do anything and just make people even angrier at you. Although if you could populate <laughs> like five or six of them, it could get nuts. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to helm you'd have of the to host it or feld in it or mimic fat or something weird. Well, but, it's yeah. legendary, so you have to helm of the host oh, specifically. Right. Uh, but that yeah. would be pretty cool if you just made a ton of <laughs> Tongarth copies. That's yeah. a whole deck. Um, the next card we want to take out is Explore. This is one in a green for a sorcery. You may play an additional land this turn, draw a card. Listen, we took this out of the uh, Sultai deck as well. Just put in a Rampant Growth variant. That finds you <laughs> yeah. a card, it draws you a card, and it puts it directly into play. This sometimes you play it and you don't have a land in your hand, so you don't even get advantage out of that first line of text. And two mana to just draw a card is not worth it. I don't want a conditional yeah. ramp spell. And don't do the mistake that I have done, which is keep a land hand with light lands and then explore being like, extra card, yeah. this will get me there in turn two. <laughs> There's a good chance it won't. All right, Wayfaring Temple, one green and a white for a creature elemental. Its power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control, and whenever the Wayfaring Temple deals combat to which player, you populate. There's already a ton of better ways to populate in the deck that doesn't depend on you to hit someone with something that doesn't even have trample on it. So I thought it was okay to get rid of a couple of the populate slash token makers just to cut down and bring in just stronger cards overall. Plus, if you are in trouble... Like, your board isn't looking good. Wayfaring Temple doesn't do much because it's small oh, yeah. in that case, which means it can't hit. So it's only really good when you're already kicking butt because you have a ton of creatures out, right? Yeah, and I think Wayfaring Temple feels better in a deck with small creatures as opposed to right. one with big, big ones because it's going to be very easy to block. Speaking of big, big creatures, the next <laughs> card we would take out of the deck is Desolation Twin. 10 mana for a 10-10 Eldrazi, but when you cast this spell... Create a 10-10 colorless Eldrazi creature token. Just 10-10s for 10 everywhere. 10 mana for 20 power and toughness. I mean, this is just so high on the curve, right? <laughs> I mean, look, if you can cheat it out with like a Felden or something, that's great, but... There's not a lot of ways to discard cards in this deck or anything, though. No, and I think 10 mana for something that, like, I would much rather... Would you rather have pay 10 mana for Desolation Twin or somehow get two more 4-4s four from Garrett? Yes, exactly. Like, I'd, I'd much rather just do that. It, ten. The problem with 10 drop spells is... You mulligan if you draw them in your opening hand. Right. You're not playing it for so long that that's just you're just a card down every time you draw that card yeah. until you can cast it. Yeah. Um, and this deck does have a lot of high CMC spells, including this one that I just don't know what to do with this card. I think it might I don't like be this the, card at it all. might be the worst card in the new commander sets, but it doesn't mean it's you know it's I, maybe it's the only way you can have land destruction without someone yelling at you. 
Okay, go ahead and read it. <laughs> it's five red red for Tectonic Hellion. It's an eight five with haste, and whenever it attacks, each player who controls the most lands sacrifices two lands. The only problem is that it costs seven mana, so there's a good chance you have the most lands. <laughs> it's just it's so it's, it's such a it's so expensive. I would like this a lot better if it was like red and white, and it was like a four mana four two. Right. And it's a way for you to like catch up to everybody else, and you're catching up because you know you're going to be behind. Yeah, but this is. Yeah, it's so late in the game that it's just hard to know if it's ever going to work to your advantage. It's just, and it doesn't synergize with anything else going on in the deck. I don't like this card at all. It's no. Why does it cost so much? Because it's an A5 with haste. It's just... It doesn't do anything for populate or the token strategies as It well. happens too late to punish the people that yeah. cultivated an explosive vegetation. Because by then, they've already gotten so much advantage out of having those lands out. They've had them out for five turns. And imagine if you're the one that plays Tectonic Hellion on turn five, then you have the most lands and you sacrifice those lands. Yeah, so you're not <laughs> even going to be able to play it. Yeah. It's, no. like res- it's like reverse group hug almost. It's like I want to punish myself. <laughs> it's group punch? Group punch, yeah. That's just called regular commander. That's just magic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next card we would take out is Commander's Insignia. Two white, white for an enchantment. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Here's the thing. You cast your commander from the command zone way less frequently than you think. In most games, it will be less than three times. Yeah, also this is a five-drop commander we're running here, so not a good time to be running cards like Commander's Insignia. This is one of those cards they print that's just overall fun for a commander, and we'll talk about more of this uh, card in our set review as well. But in this case, your commander, even though it's like, yes, you do want the Cascade to get more tokens, just not that great. I think you can find um, what Anthem effects that are just guaranteed to be better than that. Like, that sometimes is only plus one, plus one. Right. And you can find ones that cost that that are going to be at least plus two, plus two, or they're going to be like Cathar's Crusade, and they're going to like pump most of your creatures by plus five, plus five yeah. most yeah, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next card I would take out is actually a really interesting one. Uh, Doomed Artisan. Two and a white for a 1-1. One, one. Creature Human Artificer. Uh, it says, Sculptures you control can't attack or block. And at the beginning of your end step, create a colorless sculpture artifact creature token with this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of sculptures you control. So the idea being that he can, these sculptures can only be freed once he's gone. Right, so he makes one, it's a 1-1, one, one, then on the next turn makes two, and now you have two two twos. Then the next turn, you have three three threes. Then the next turn, you have four four fours. Are we in Magical Christmas Land yet? Yeah, yeah. but you just said four turns <laughs> yeah, and you have no a card way. out. It's there's a creature, no too. It's not even in like an enchantment. Yeah, and there's not many sack outlets in the deck. So Doomed Artisan, while the flavor is on point, isn't, I don't think, the perfect fit for this deck The one thing you could say is even if you made one, if you populated it three or four times. Yeah, and then it becomes a four yeah. four. But how do you kill, <laughs> yeah, how do you kill the Doomed Artisan, too? Like... It's a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. What are you going to do? People won't attack it, and you can just attack it, and they won't block it. I guess you have to gear its blur into your own creature. There you go. Okay. Then you populate one of the sculptures. Yeah. Ka-ka-ka-ka-combo. Combo. All right. The last card we would take out of this deck is Cliffside Rescuer. One in a white for a 2-2. Two, two. Creature Core Soldier has Vigilance. You can tap it and sacrifice the Cliffside Rescuer. And target permanent you control gains protection from each of your opponents until end of turn, which means it can't be blocked, targeted, dealt damage, enchanted, or equipped by anything controlled by those players. Hmm. It's until end of turn. Uh, The biggest usage of this, there's two. One, protect your thing from some kind of removal. Two, make your thing unblockable. Right. 
I think those are both fine things, but again, it's an entire card you're using on this here, and I think there are just better things to do. And it's a slow way to do it. It doesn't even like play it and you can do it, right? It has summoning yeah. sickness. You can't do it until your next turn, so you can't even like play it, give my thing unblockable, swing it, you kill you. You're like, play it wait yeah and again in this deck it's not just one creature you're trying to protect you have an entire huge massive board state so you know like you could put in instead like heroic intervention type effects in this deck much better than cliffside rescuer that can only get one thing at a time and it has to sacrifice itself to do it all right so those are the 10 cards we would take out of the deck let's talk really quickly about how this deck plays out of the box it pops off if you're not careful it definitely can get big man and big creatures out really quickly and i think if you in any in the settings that we played it it was almost always the first deck to be like i am the presence you must deal with me right now i'd say this deck kind of um it's controls the environment of the four four pre-cons as far as like yeah. this is the scary deck that you have to account for that sort of the, i, I want to say fun police but that's not really the right term but in in terms of like all the other decks can't just dirt all around. You got to like, I got to yeah. put something out. I got to be at least a little bit scary because if the Naya deck decides to come after me, that's going to be really bad because it's always out in front with bigger stuff earlier than the other decks. Yeah, it's a good point. It puts you on your toes for sure. Because um, taking like, you can just conceivably take 25 damage out of nowhere from yeah. this thing if you're not ready to stop it. The fact that the Rhinos have Trample is like a huge deal because like the Rakdos deck and even like the, the Morph deck to some degree are, have a lot of little creatures that they can sort of throw in front of it, if not, right. and the Rakdos deck can, and they can keep up value-wise, so they might even be able to chump or, like, bring stuff back, but the fact that the Rhinos have Trample means you're also, you're often in a position, like, I have a bunch of little stuff, but it doesn't do any good against all that. Yeah, should I trade away four little things or just take extra damage and chump? Like, chumping doesn't even feel that good, so yeah, it puts you in a very difficult position uh, in terms of creatures, how you're going to block, and then the Jeskai deck just has no creatures, so yeah. you really have to be careful of this deck if you're playing the Jeskai one. This deck is very weak, weak to board wipe, so it, it will have tough time uh, winning games where the other players draw their board wipes. Yep. There are a decent number in the other decks, too, so I think... Are we consensus here? The, my ranking of the, these decks out of the box is Sultai is the most powerful. This yeah. one's the second most powerful. Then Jeskai, then Rakdos. I'd probably put Rakdos in front of Jeskai just because of the speed and the three-cost commander, I think, it gives it just the slight edge. But yeah, definitely Sultai deck is the most powerful. This one has... If it has not won the game, it has almost always made the biggest impact, which I think also means it's very powerful. And it definitely can win games because there are just some games where nobody does draw their board wipes and this this deck just runs away with it. Yep. And even if they do and they've gotten a bunch of card draw, they're able to rebuild their board or if they're strategic enough, hold the cards in their hands that they want to play knowing a board wipe may be coming soon. Yeah, and that's what I would say if you get this deck out of the box, especially if you're playing it in the environment with just the other pre-cons. But I think if you're just playing it against other commander decks, this would still be true. Don't overcommit to the board. Hold some stuff in your hand that you will be able to redeploy once yeah. the board wipe happens. Because if you just commit to the board and a board wipe happens and you don't have any cards in hand, you're kind of done at that point. Yeah, you're out of luck. Yeah. So save yourself. Um, get excited, but not too excited, basically. Just save, have a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. To <laughs> the listeners, what do you think of the Naya deck? What uh, cards did we miss? What cards, are, is there something else that you would take out mm -hmm. or add in? Let us know in the comments on is Twitter. Is Desolation Twin necessary in the deck? Did I make a mistake taking it out? I mean, it's pretty cool to make populate 10-10s, but uh, yeah, 10 drops. I just think any <laughs> time you're looking to cut cards from a deck, you should go to the top end of your curve and look at those first. Yeah, oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, if you're making changes to the deck, if you're going to you know follow some of our guidelines here, maybe you want to add... Uh, what was it, Titanic Ultimatum? Yeah, if you need to even just buy the deck. Yeah, 
Oh, true. You might you probably need to buy this deck first <laughs> just to add Titanic Ultimatum to it. You can get both of those things at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And we've talked about this already, but right now they are running a special promotion. If you order any Commander 2019 sealed product, then you'll be eligible to get a code which will unlock special backgrounds in our Lifelinker app. The backgrounds are color-coded to each of the decks of so Sultai, Naya, Rakdos, Jeskai. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And again, those codes will come in the mail physically with your cards. Yep. They won't be emailed to you upon ordering. Yep, yep. And of course, the other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. They provide the play mats that we use on game nights, as well as the sleeves that Josh and I do love very, very much. The good old Eclipse sleeves. They oh, have yeah, this tons... deck's in the Eclipse sleeves. Yeah. They Sweet. got tons of products, especially when the Commander stuff comes around. And even not, the Throne of Eldraine's coming soon. And yeah. that stuff looks amazing. Seb McKinnon back on the grind, killing it. Oh, that's Seb McKinnon art. I don't know the name of it, but oh, it's we'll incredible. put it on. Yeah, we'll put it on screen here. Oh, I want. There's an oversized playmat I think Ultra Pro posted about on Twitter. Really? Yeah. That I want really bad, but I hope there's regular size playmats of it too. Because <laughs> I don't you know, know, I'm just going for the big one. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard to roll up to the LGS and be like, "Hey, I know you have a playmat, but do you mind if we use mine?" Well, yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the size of this table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make sure you uh, check out Ultra Pro stuff. They are awesome, and by supporting them, you really are supporting us. All right, we as we have been on these episodes are going to skip the end step today just because there's a lot of extra content and we don't have that many cool things in our life, unfortunately. <laughs> well, some other people that are posting cool things and content that you can go check out instead is our sister podcast, Ben Bateman, Alex Custer. They host the Masters of Modern, talking about everything modern, but I'm sure they're going to dip their toes in talking about some of these commander cards as well. Make sure you look them up on YouTube uh, under the Masters of Modern. They're posting videos as well as finding them on Twitter at the MMCast or next to us at collected.company, our website. Special thanks to our awesome editors, Ashlyn Rose and Craig Blanchett, who have been working double time Merci. to get all this bony, bonus con- bony content. Bony content. To get all this bonus content out to you guys. They are really huffing it. So crushing it. Thanks, Ashlyn and Craig. They're blowing the house down. <laughs> right? That's what the big bad wolf is. Sure. Did. Not puffing this and house. puffing. Yeah. Not but, this house. <laughs> some other house. Some other poorly built house that does not have equipment and cards and, in it. Yeah, and servers. And, and servers. And editing machines. And, okay. and people, and people. Yeah, knock on all the wood. What, the, what are we doing here? I don't know, I don't know. Just I, talking about fairy tales. <laughs> Throne of Eldrin, it's got me going, man. And uh, also special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living cards animations that begin and end all of our shows, and also does the cool windows behind us. So thanks, Jeffrey. You, you can, can find him. On? Living cards. On Twitter, sorry. At... Living Cards MTG. Find him on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. <laughs> we did it. We we're falling apart. <laughs> all right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed all of our deck tech content. We still have some more stuff coming. We're going to review all the cards in the set as well that weren't the commanders. We're going to build some uh, Bruce and some Bruce brand and decks. new decks. I'm, yeah. I'm building a Greven deck. Ooh, Pretty excited about it. That is really exciting. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out which one I want to build, but I'm zeroing in on it. You'll find out soon. But thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe. Click that notification bell. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.